Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. I'm excited to be with you today. This podcast episode is sponsored by none other than the Lifestyle Practice, where we help dentists forge their own path to ownership with a clear vision, translating into the freedom to live life on their own terms. I am coming at you today from Shenandoah National Park in Virginia. If you've been following my story, you know that uh, this year I sold my practice and we have been on the road traveling the eastern half of the United States in our RV. And we're about five months into that trip right now. And uh, so today's episode is of large part in appreciation or because of the travels and some of the experiences that I've had. And so far, it's been, <laughs> it really has been a, a truly incredible experience. I'm, I'm very grateful to have been able to live life in this way and to experiment. There, there's pros and cons. But I think just to be able to experience life in such a nomadic type of experience and to experience both of those pros and cons uh, is has been very incredible. So I'm grateful for that. So let me share, before I jump into today's topic, let me share a little bit of my background and put things into context for you. So... The last several weeks and months, I've been able to experience quite a bit of historic sites as as far as the the history of the United States. So let me kind of jump into some of those places. One of the first places was Michilimackinac, Fort Michilimackinac, which is a mouthful, but it's basically up in Mackinac City in Michigan. And that was one of the first places of really kind of seeing the British troops and, you know, before the Revolutionary War and kind of what things looked like and what that landscape was like. Then one of the next places that was very fascinating was being in Boston, Massachusetts. My family and I took a custom tour doing the Freedom Trail where we had someone that was able to kind of explain a lot of the different landmarks and places as we kind of walked along the Freedom Trail. And this was really cool. We, we toured Paul Revere's house, who interestingly dabbled in dentistry. I had no idea about that. Anyway, fascinating experience there. New York City, of course, rich in history, seeing the, the Statue of Liberty, the 9-11 Museum. We went and saw Hamilton, the play with, with my kids. And we had been listening to the music, watching it on Disney Plus, still one of my favorites. I'll talk about that a little bit in the episode today. We were able to visit Gettysburg and uh, experience a, a lot of what that the, the battle was like and uh, obviously the Gettysburg address and, and all of that. Lexington and, and Concord, those areas. And then uh, Washington, D.C., we spent uh, a week in Washington, D.C., seeing several of the, the museums and kind of experiencing things there. And anyway, all of that kind of culminates into what has been for me this experience of really appreciating 
our nation for what it is and and where we're at. When I was in New York City, I was talking to the the brothers Ross and Spencer Morgan, who I did a podcast episode with previously about their practice, growing it. And if you want to go back and listen to that. Anyway, two brothers really enjoy my relationship with them. And as I was having lunch with them in in New York City, I was kind of telling them about, you know, why, you know, some of this history and what, how it's been so much fun for me. And Ross asked me, he said, I'm surprised that, uh, you know, haven't you always had an, an interest in history and like a lot of these things? And I was explaining to him, and I didn't really realize some of these things until he posed the question. But I haven't always been interested in history. I think part of it, which a lot of people may resonate with, is that topics in school often can be appreciated or unappreciated by the instructor. For example, I took biochemistry in undergrad and it typically a very boring subject the instructor was fascinating and made me love biochemistry. So even in dental school, when I took biochemistry, really enjoyed it because he kind of set the stage for that. Some of, not to blame my uh, instructors in history, but a lot of it felt to me with memorizing dates and, and geography and places. And that was difficult to me and I didn't really appreciate it. Another aspect of all of this is that I grew up in the Western United States, and in some ways, these locations and this history of the birth of the United States, the Revolutionary War, and all of these types of things, because I'd never seen or ever been anywhere really close to these sites, it felt a little bit more like a fairy tale. You know, like a lot of the history that we read is can be so ancient that in some ways it's almost just a story to us, not necessarily real. And hopefully that makes sense. But as I've been able to travel and and visit these places and, you know, see the direct result of, of what has happened over the years, it's become much more real to me. And so my episode today is somewhat, is partially to show appreciation and to just share some of those things. And the other is this whole side of it that I've kind of grown an appreciation for the, the amazing amount of opportunity that we have in this country as far as having this democracy and this capitalistic society where there is so much opportunity that I believe there's so much that we can do to take advantage of. And I've, it's made me question how many of us are really recognizing this opportunity? And are we truly capitalizing on capitalism? So let's get into that. Capitalism, in its essence, is a system that celebrates the individual's capacity to dream, to, uh, to innovate and, and achieve. So I want to get into that, to, to, to get each of us to ask ourselves the question of whether or not we're really using this to our advantage. So I have kind of a few different points and, and thought processes and principles that I want to share. And then at the end, I'm going to wrap up with basically three points and three questions that you can ask yourself to determine whether or not you are taking advantage of, of these types of things that are available to you in this country. And I recognize that we have listeners outside of the United States, but for the most part, m most of you also have a fairly capitalist society 
as far as being able to take advantages of these. But if you want to skip this episode because you're outside of the United States, that is okay. So my first point, as I've been reading different articles and books and and thoughts, I've come across a lot of different viewpoints. But one that stuck out to me was someone in, in foreign studies. They were not from the United States. And they shared that in their view, what makes the United States one of the greatest countries is that it's one of the only countries where you can fail over and over again and still have pretty good terms as far as uh, living conditions. And I've never really thought about that, but that is pretty remarkable. How many stories have we heard of different inventors or entrepreneurs in the United States that failed so many times before they really hit their stride and and became something big? And what this goes back to, this all starts with the ability to take risks. In order to take advantage of the opportunities in this system, you have to be willing to take risks, to put yourself out there and to face the possibility of failing. I personally think of the risks that I've taken and I ask myself the question, you know, where would I be if I hadn't been willing to take these kinds of risks? You know, some quick thoughts. Education. I know that many of us think of education as a safe route and in some ways it can be, but it is also a significant risk especially for those of us finishing school with a considerable amount of debt. Investing all those years in school is also an investment and a risk in sense. You know, you could be spending all of those years to to build up your, your net worth and instead you are basically getting further in the hole with the debt that you have to start out with, with paying for school. If you don't have a solid plan, and exceptional work ethic, it can be difficult to make it worth it. How many of us have seen the the posts or, or even on Dave Ramsey or all these different places where we hear of people having such a huge amount of debt and not having the income to really show that it's been worth it in their situation. So again, in this situation, education is, is a risk. Next risk for myself, I purchased a practice right out of dental school and I really didn't have a, a template. I, I had a hard time finding anyone that had purchased a practice right out of school that I could ask questions to. In my opinion, this was definitely one of the biggest risks that I took. And I remember very well in the first few months of ownership feeling so overwhelmed. Many of you have probably heard me me share but in, in the shared practices podcast I did with Richard, it's you know one like one of their first podcasts ever episodes ever recorded. Um, you know, I was pretty open, and and you can listen to that and hear in my voice some of the the fear and and the stress and uh, you know kind of the lack of confidence because at that point I. I I had a good feeling that I was going to be successful and the numbers were looking good, but I still felt, you know, a a significant amount of of stress. There was mornings that I cried before going to work. It it was a lot. I, I remember at times wondering, gosh, if I could take it all back, would I go a different route? But this thinking led me nowhere. You know, I I knew that I really didn't have that as an option. At least I didn't want that. I didn't want to embrace that as an option. So I kept pushing. 
And of course, that risk has paid off for me over and over and over. It is it is the number one decision that I can equate to reaching, you know, my financial success in my life. Maybe other than making the decision to go to dental school and and really put in the time to focusing on business and and those 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 types of things. So the last risk that I will mention which is maybe a little bit less significant is the thousands of dollars and thousands of hours spending time on what I felt would be useful. Many times when we are are looking at situations of risk, many of us think of money, you know, how much money are we putting into something and what is the level of risk here? And, you know, that's definitely true in this area, but a lot of it came down to to time. I was spending and, and have spent thousands of hours of CE and trying to learn from books, from leaders out there, business approaches, you know, all the all of these different things as far as trying to figure out what is gonna make me the bring me the most success in, in the least amount of time. And there's definitely plenty of stories of people spending a ton of effort in this area and not really getting the traction. And so I I know that that is a risk. But again, the point of all of this is to be willing to take more risk in general. When I think of all of the different people that I talk to and and scenarios that I read and, and learn about, in general, I find that we don't take enough risk. We shy away from risk. And that doesn't mean that you just go in and take risks and that you're automatically going to be rewarded. Do your due diligence. Put the time in to develop a plan. Get insight from others. And, you know, listen to your criticizers and, and continue to move forward. But that first step is to, to take more risk. Push yourself outside your comfort zone. Take on more risk and evaluate how that goes and continue to adapt. This all leads to kind of my second point here. So as as I was sharing earlier, I saw Hamilton on Broadway for the second time a few weeks ago. It's incredible to me and and probably my favorite play for a lot of different reasons. But the number one way in which the story resonates with me is the difference between two of the main characters and their approach to trying to get somewhere in life. Alexander Hamilton believes in taking a stand. He voices his opinion with anyone and everyone. He's not afraid of backlash. He's willing to be vocal, even though he might not always be right. And if it means he loses some friends over issues, he's okay with that. Aaron Burr, on the other hand, shares his advice with Hamilton. Talk less, smile more. Uh, you know, any of you that have seen that, I'm sure that, uh, is recognizable, but his, his, his approach is generally that if he's just patient enough and friendly enough, eventually he'll get the position that, that he wants. And, uh, in my opinion, in the way that it's portrayed, Hamilton feels the urgency of the day. He understands that he only has so much time to make progress, and he, he can't waste his opportunities by caring so much about what others think of him. There's a song in, in it uh, where they're talking about 
the the Federalist Papers, which has been interesting to me. You know, the United States Constitution was developed and basically sent out to the states, but the states still had to decide whether or not they were going to go along with the whole plan. And there was these series of essays that were written, and Hamilton wrote like crazy. He wrote the majority of these papers when it's essentially supposed to be split up between three people total. And Hamilton ended up just taking on so much and just really going after it, believing that if they could write these these papers, these essays, and publish them in the newspapers, that it could help these states to recognize the value of the Constitution and to get behind it and agree and and allow the nation to to move forward. This is another side note, but to us, history is always retrospective, right? We can look back and say, oh yeah, the country is what it is because of the founding fathers, because of these steps. But we forget that in those times, it was not like that. It was it was shaky ground. The Revolutionary War was not this easy fought war of, of conquer. There was back and forth and and difficulties over and over and and questions in the mind of, of citizens. Is this worth it? Is this even gonna work? And so, you know, even with the with the founder founding fathers wondering, is this whole idea even gonna work out? Or is this all gonna be for nothing? And uh, anyway, back to the point of the fact that Hamilton was willing to put his thoughts out there, to be vocal, and he felt this sense of, of urgency. This idea that Alexander Hamilton was okay with being different, with just wanting to get his voice and his thoughts out there and let others respond how they may, goes hand in hand with a concept developed and kind of created by Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio is the genius behind Bridgewater Associates. They've had several hedge funds over the years that have very well outperformed the market. This idea is called idea meritocracy, and it's simple yet profound. The idea behind it is that the best decisions emerge when everyone shares their beliefs openly, leading to kind of this collective wisdom. Ray wrote a book called Principles that I really enjoyed and I think you should consider reading. In it, he talks about his thought process and this idea meritocracy he credits as being the number one factor that has led him to high performance, being able to listen to others and get feedback even when it may not be exactly what you want to hear. And I find this to be a common trait among the best leaders. They are willing to hear the different voices and thoughts out there. They are comfortable with being wrong because ultimately they recognize that those alternate ideas out there are what can lead them to innovation and change if they're open enough. The obstacle is the way. If we can listen and hear things out, Ultimately, being open to those ideas will lead us to growth. The United States, with its First Amendment rights, mirrors this exact philosophy. Uh, Here, every voice, every belief has the freedom to express itself. It's this marketplace of ideas, this crazy sea of thoughts where the best ideas 
like cream rise to the top. It's, it's not a perfect system. There are innocent people that are convicted. There are laws put into place that are later rectified or changed. One thing that I found very interesting, when we visited the Statue of Liberty this time, I saw in the museum a few newspaper articles that were, were, were printed at, at the time. I didn't know this until visiting the Statue of Liberty, but the idea of it was actually inspired by the United States' abolishment of slavery. But a few newspapers pointed out the irony of the whole event during the the, uh, erection or whatever you want to call it of the Statue of Liberty. There was this gift representing liberty, acknowledging the United States in abolishing slavery, showing this freedom, yet at that point, only a minority of U.S. citizens could actually vote. The U.S. still had a long way to go as far as civil rights. Our system, although I agree with this system, is slow to change, sometimes way too slow. But the beauty of it is that it does change. We are constantly evolving, sometimes, like I said, too slow at certain things. But that is the trade-off for allowing all voices to be heard. And that is my favorite thing about this, this country, about capitalism, is this idea that all voices can be heard. All people are able to go and pursue their dreams and, and fight and, and, and compete for what they want. And the cream will rise to the top. And I believe that most dentists out there don't recognize this enough. And there could be a whole lot more dentists that are in that cream that rises to the top. But too often, there's not enough risks that are, that are taken to allow them to really take advantage of that opportunity. So what are the lessons here? You can ultimately decide the lessons that you'll take away from this. But I'm going to propose three rules to apply from these principles to get to where you want to be. Number one is to take risks. We ultimately have it made here. Take advantage of your opportunities of capitalism by taking calculated risks and continue to do that over and over. That's number one, take risks. Number two, live life with a sense of urgency. You never know when you're gonna run out of time. So approach life in a way where you would feel good about how you spent your time if you died at any point because that is ultimately the truth. Any of us could die at any point. Set goals. Decide where you want to get. Have a timeline and stick to it. Otherwise, you end up drifting along in life with no sense of direction. Number three, be open to outside feedback. Listen to your staff. Listen to the feedback from your patients. As painful as this is, it will lead you to greater growth and it will also bring greater respect for you from your staff and patients and those that you are trying to lead. Hire outside support and specialists to help you show things that you can't recognize on your own. Being able to involve others that bring in a a new perspective and allowing you to see things in a different way, if you're open to it, can lead to accelerated growth and rapid change. So again, three 
takeaways. Number one, take risks. Number two, live life with a sense of urgency. And number three, be open to outside feedback. Thank you guys for listening. This was a little bit of a difficult podcast episode for me to write because I've had so many feelings over the past couple months and I'm not really a a political person. I usually kind of just view things as I'm going to let things happen and I'm just going to take advantage of opportunities that I have individually. But going through this, this journey the last few months has helped me see that it is because of the government and the system and the way things that are set up that has given me these unique set of options and uh, opportunities. And because of my personal experience, I believe that we don't recognize these enough and we don't take advantage of them enough, which is why I really wanted to, to, to write this and to be able to share it. And again, I want to point out I know that things aren't aren't perfect. You know, we can all pick apart things that we don't like in today's society. Um, but ultimately, get involved. Let your voice be heard. Stand for something. Be a part of it if that's how you feel. And that is the beauty, again, of all of this. So thank you for your time and listening and for entertaining these ideas and thoughts. And I hope that this does help you to see your situation in a bit of unique light and to move forward and take advantage of the opportunities that you have uh, in this society. Take care, everyone. Feel free to reach out to any of us if you have any questions. Uh, Derek, Steve, Matt, Justin at thelifestylepractice.com. Take care, everyone, and we will talk to you next time. Sicker than your average, sicker than your average.